Welcome to Hearts and Minds. My name is Catherine McMahon and I'm joined here with Maura Cassidy. Um, today we're going to talk about self-mastery. Wonderful topic. Yes, it is. It's a great topic. Um, it's it's a much better word than what, you know, you might say in Catholic circles you use is temperance. I think self-mastery sounds a bit nicer because it focuses on sort of the journey, which is a positive one, to the end game. Well, it sounds like Kung Fu Panda. <clears throat> that There you go. That's it. Totally. So, um I suppose that when you think of self-mastery, you know, you think of, oh, what you're really trying to tell me is self-control. And it sounds like you were out of control or basically that it's about shutting parts of us down, which aren't good and we don't like to show in public. And when we're overextended or under pressure, they come out. Um, and I, I think it's, I'd like to approach it from a much more positive way, because I think it's true, is that you're trying to let the true human person shine. And um, I always like St. Augustine's kind of line on it. So you can substitute the word temperance for self-mastery if you like. But his one was, be temperate or have, have self-control or self-mastery in everything except for love. And I think that's that's really what we're trying, what, when we consider self-mastery, whether it's in our work or our relationships or in stuff, because sometimes we tend to focus on stuff, eating and drinking and stuff. Yeah, like Whereas, that you have to give up on something or reduce something. Exactly. Whereas it's more, where are you going and who are you? And stuff is good. And it, like we have everything in its own place and moderation, as your mother would say to you. And it's true, but um, it's, 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 it's that, set, that sense of self-awareness, because each of us, you might say, have our own struggles, our own demons in this area, and they're different. Um, and then each of us has, I suppose, that sense of, a really important thing is to have that sense of your future self, you know, so what does that, and that's the vision that will drive you. And it's not a future self in the sense of, you know, to use that overused term, narcissistic, you know, self-absorbed. It's more of a future self that's flourishing, that's other-centered, that's not quite as lotus position, but that it is, it is something beautiful and true and authentic mm -hmm. because self-mastery shouldn't look the same for everybody. And we tend to think of self-mastery, we tend to think of sort of little sort of little boxes that we have of people who maybe find, you know, being organized easier or people who always seem to have the right answers or people who find choices easy or people who don't have stuff everywhere or whatever. Whereas that's not self-mastery. That's, that's, um, that's, that's, I don't know what that is. Personality traits. Maybe. Exactly. Mm. So I think in self-mastery, it's, it's important that, um, you know, we're trying to just master ourselves, you know, um, and I think Leonardo da Vinci said that. He said that the greatest courage is to face oneself and to to, to make change, you know, and the, the follow on from that really is to to want to improve the self. Um, we're in the driving seat. Um, we need inspiration from other people. We need inspiration in terms of becoming more comfortable with who we are, but also having a bigger vision of who we are, because sometimes we reduce ourselves to what we don't do, or sometimes we just reduce ourselves to being successful and outcome focused, where there's a whole space of spiritual growth, which is hugely important as well. Yeah, I so, think sometimes the, the self-mastery can be, there's kind of a trend, I suppose, in the last couple of years, or I would say even the last 20 years maybe, of, you know, the self-help, you know, category um, mm. in the bookstore, you know, where everything is kind of, you can be the best version of yourself, you know, high productivity, your relationships are amazing, you have a work-life balance. You're basically like, you know, you're you're balanced in every way. Mm. And I think sometimes 
um, it can it can become almost kind of like that you have to be superwoman mm. to achieve all this and self-mastery can come across like that as mm. in you have to be spinning plates and that mm. everything is in perfect order and mm. you don't mess up mm. and I think that can be very discouraging I think self-help books are helpful obviously I've read a ton of them and I think they're great and they're very helpful and they have their place but I think um, sometimes we can overdo it because there can be too much control and too much you know, too much well, perfection in the wrong sense of the term. Agreed. And I think it's it's a false sense of self-mastery because self-mastery isn't about safety. It's not about certainty or safety. And I think sometimes we have those are end games because we think that's what's going to give us peace. Whereas peace is oftentimes realizing that we're not able in some relation, you know, or we're not managing, but it's we're not meant to. We're always trying and able to accept the fact that Something might be going well in my life, you know, I might have a very meaningful relationship that I'm giving extra time to, but it means that maybe some aspect of my life that's not going so well, mm -hmm. you know. So I think it's that sense of humanity about who we are and always zooming out the lens and perspective. So I think I would suggest that the way of framing self-mastery is a sense of self-awareness, but self-knowledge that's in truth, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it requires patience. A lot of patience, because if we're trying to, if we identify, as I said at the outset, maybe the areas that we struggle with a bit, a bit more with as individuals and personalities, well, the first step is accepting that. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's just how the human form is in you. The truthfulness to know, um, you know, that when we're showing up and when we're bailing out, when we're looking, you know, and then I suppose the sense of faith, which is a sense of, and that's, a, I suppose, the Catholic tradition that, you're chosen by God, you are unique. And um, I heard somebody comment recently in the week, which I thought was a very beautiful idea, that you know, the parable of the, the pearl of great mm. price. We tend to think of ourselves going out there like the, you know, the merchant looking for the pearl of great price, which is, you know, maybe your relationship with God or, you know, heaven or whatever. Whereas this particular, you know, person was commenting on it and turned, flipped it over and said, well, really, God is the master who's going out looking for the pearl of great price, which is you and me. Mm. And I think we forget the fact that we are in the image of God, that we are beautiful, that we're not, we're works in progress, but that's the beauty of the journey in life. And what our journey in life, efforts to grow in self-mastery means that we're vulnerable, which means we're open to growth. And we're also open to other. If we're not vulnerable, we're not open to growing ourselves. I'm not open to accepting other people's also have their own growth trajectory, mm. which may not be mine and may not suit me. Um, so I think it's, it's that, that acceptance and, uh, you know, let things unfold. But there is also a certain element of commitment in the sense that um, we're always committing to improve. But in the space of love, and that's why I started thinking of yeah. St. Augustine, because that's very much, and that's the beauty of the difference between, you might say, the, the Catholic tradition and maybe just leaving, or even the, the transcendental space, which is the acceptance that what we see and what is, 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 is and what we hear and what we can touch is just, you might say, um, that's a very physical, um, you know, very, you know, re real experience, but there's a whole reality that we don't see. You know, and we love people when we understand people, when we suffer. That's something that you can't touch. It's something you experience. So all of that out there, I suppose, gives us a sense that we're in a constant space of becoming. And that is the most important part of this is that we accept that that's the space we're in as opposed to outcome. And that's the yeah, difference. I know we're on a journey and we're always going to be on a journey. And the most important thing out of this podcast is if anybody listening is that self-mastery is a journey. And are you willing to journey? Or are you always looking for the destination? If you're looking for the destination, hashtag perfectionism, hashtag 
something else. Outcome. Or, Outcome. Yeah, or ticking the box. And productivity. Yeah. And I think that's something we need to reclaim because that's the, that can lead to a lot of issues with, you know, mental health, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You know, normal, I'm not problematizing it, but, mm. um, and there always will be parts of us that will hold us back. I don't know about you, but I find it very refreshing when somebody's, you know, maybe a friend is telling you something and you realize, God, she really struggles with that and she's been very open about it. And you go, well, I do too. And how did you manage? And she shares it and you go, God, that's human wisdom. Yeah, it's somebody so much going, better. Yeah. yeah, I'm journeying with you too. And, and this is what I found. And you go, God, that's such peace, you know, to know that. Um, so you, it's, it's a sense of when you commit to self-mastery or you commit to improvement within that much bigger philosophical transcendental space, to use those big words, in other words, meaning and others and love, um, it means that we have to overcome fear. There'll be lots of it. And there will be resistance because we don't like trying and failing and trying and failing and trying and failing. And we've said loads of times in this podcast that failure is 30 steps to success in the bigger sense of the word. So um, understanding on the one hand, what are the sources of your resistance? And then the other, other hand, understanding what is the source of your creativity, your personal creativity, you yeah. know, and everybody's different that way. You know, sometimes some people are good in self-mastery because, you know, they're very honest. With, well, we all need to be honest and they're good at sort of keeping focused on, okay, I need to, I need to, I need to, I said I was going to do this and whether it's in their notebook or in their prayer or journal or whatever it is, they go, look, and I didn't do it, so I'm going to have to focus on that and, and that's good. Other people, it's more, well, I'm going to do that for somebody or if I show up better there, if I have some more self-mastery maybe in punctuality, more self-mastery in over-talking or more self-mastery in whatever it is, just getting my work done within the time I need to get it done for other people. Not all the time, but, you know, trying. Um, if there's more, you know, I think our, our motivations vary, you know, I have to say that. And you need to know yourself. Um, but it's not about controlling oneself. Yeah, you know, and yeah. it's not about dominating, you know, or being fearful. Mm. You know, I have to keep the lid on here because if if I don't, if I lack self control, it's going to explode. Well, it's a bit like you know, Saint Rose Maria had this term. I don't think he he coined it himself, but he used it quite a bit of this sporting spirit. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that's I think it is a helpful term to use when you're thinking of self mastery. Mm. That it's a bit like playing a sport. Yeah, you know, you'll have a couple of goals, and sometimes you'll just miss the ball. But at least you're practicing. Yeah. And that's that's where the core of the crux of the matter is, yeah. you know, that you're practicing to to be better. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. No, I think so. And um, yeah, and I suppose the typical things we say to ourselves is, oh, I've tried and failed and, you know, I'm just not the kind of person who does that kind of thing. You know, a bit of a mess, but you know what? God I show loves up me. And God loves me. <laughs> um, or I don't have time. Or I'm just too tired. You know, there's so much going on in my life at the moment. And and I suppose that's where self-mastery looks different depending on where you are. Like, you know, if you've got young children, self-mastery looks very different if you're, you know, you're, you know, in your late 20s, early 30s and you have a career and you know, your hobbies and loads of other things going on. But at the same time, you have a little bit more control over how you use your time. Whereas if you're sleep deprived, you know, all night because your toddler was up sick, well, when you show up in the workplace, you need a little bit of self-compassion there and self-mastery will look different. different. Yeah, Yeah, it might Mm. just mean, okay, just, you know, be self-aware there. That self-mastery maybe is a bit of compassion. So self-mastery has a lot to do with self-knowledge in reality. Exactly, yeah, yeah. a lot to do with it. So, and accepting also that we all have a resistance to change. So what is that resistance, you know? Um, And also the fact that we tend to beat ourselves up more. 
I would say because of the world that we live in, as you described very well at the beginning, a world that's about outcome, being perfect, getting stuff done, acing it. You know, we tend to be harder on ourselves. And um, and I think that sometimes that shame or that guilt, you know, can sometimes bring us down and we find it hard to get up again. Whereas I think we need to get used to turning the page quicker. Did anybody, my granny used to always say to us when we were growing up, did anybody die? Well, then why are you crying? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and I said, mm, okay, nobody died. And you have to go off, you know, and, you know, get, and stop dramatizing. So I just think sometimes it's helpful things to go, you know, listen, do you know what? It's okay. Like you did your best, you know, did you mean to do that? Can you try again? You know, and picking ourselves up quicker is really, really important here because otherwise it is like we're falling into that sort of outcome focus again and again. So um, so naturally there are certain things that we all have, which is, a te- you know, where we have our demons, we have a resistance to self-improvement. Uh, we need to have sort of a, a clear vision, which I think you mentioned there, that thing of self-awareness is, um, where are you looking for growth? You know, what does, what does the future self look like? You know, so if self-mastery is, look, you know, I'm having a glass of wine every night over dinner and I really don't want to get into that. There's loads of podcasts about that out there now. But maybe it's a case of going, well, do you know what? Self-mastery might mean I'm not going to buy a bottle of wine this week, you know. Um, Or it could look like, you know, I'm so busy with my work, I just don't have time for my friends and that's just it because I'm really busy. And you go, well, maybe I just need to step back and think, am I that important? You know, or, you know, can I calendar that a bit better? Or maybe it's a case of, you know, self-mastery is, you know, I find it difficult and, you know, food and drink or whatever, you know, I just kind of tend to eat whenever I want as I want. And and you may think, God, who cares? I'm so stressed. But those things kind of affect us in different ways because we tend to splurge in lots of things. Mm. You know what I mean? So I suppose it is a case of sometimes going, well, the impact of that. And is is at the end of the world, not remotely. Mm. Like self-mastery is sometimes gossiping. You know, mm. self control of the tongue a little. You know, of course, women, we love to talk, we love to share, we love to get the inside scoop. But maybe it's a case of I don't need to know that. Or maybe that conversation we know always ends up negative or, you know, somebody doesn't come out so well and it's usually the person who's not there. So I would suggest with this is commit to long-term practice because once you start identifying, you know, the areas that you think, well, I could do with a little bit more self-mastery there, it's a bit embarrassing. <laughs> As you in know, you kind of cop on that you see. Well, you start seeing loads of stuff and yeah, you yeah. find it hard even to, 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 to face yourself. Mm. You go, I'm not like that at all. This is getting ridiculous. I'm going over the top. This is silly now. I'm getting over. Nobody, everybody does this now. And you, you kind of almost, you're looking at stuff online, you realize, yeah, everybody does this. And or sure, don't why? overdo it. Don't overdo it. Sure. Then I become a weirdo. And all of a sudden you've turned yourself into some sort of monastic <laughs> beehive like monk from the sixth century. And you're going, whoa, whoa, you know acceptance, like have a laugh, a sense of humor about it, you know, yeah, imagine. But I'm not doing this because I want to beat myself up or because I want to be perfect. I just want to maybe just explore. I want to see how, look, well, let's just give it a chance here. So committing to long-term practice, um, you know, means acceptance, you know, self-awareness, acceptance, and then going, okay, well, what could I, what might I do differently? Mm -hmm. How might this look? Okay. You know, and and then trying to consistently practice in it. And you know, you know that know, thing of the the thirty day complaining, yes. no complaining thing. I think those things are helpful. You know, like yeah. um, 
I don't know, at the end of the day to kind of like look back at your day and mm. and think how it went yes. and just kind of improve for the following day. But, you know, it is true. I mean, it's like everything, you know what I mean? Like I, I think self-mastery, one, when you were giving all that examples, I was thinking one of the things I think we all battle with is with the phone. Yeah, very you good. You know, yeah. and uh, and the kind of little addictions we all have with, with the phone, you know. And you're kind of thinking, okay, I'll, I'll stop, you know, I'll stop using the phone and in X, Y, and Z, or, you know, as a kind of a downtime thing, or we kind of, you know, fall into the whole thing of, no, this helps me unwind, when in reality it's yeah. completely contradictory because the phone doesn't help you unwind. But, you know, to have that sense of beginning and beginning again, mm. um, but knowing in in reducing, you know, and, and looking for the kind of the, the, the tweaks that can help that. Like mm. a lot of people talk about this idea, not a lot of people, but there's a guy who, you know, Callan Newport, mm. he talks about how to build habit, you know. And I think there's another guy, The Power of Habit, who kind of goes into that. Or, Do it, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a whole series of them. But, um, you know, to create friction mm. in order to help you to build up mm. a habit or whatever, you know, or to eliminate friction, whatever it is that you need to do. But, um, but yeah, I think it is that sense of just a little bit of self-knowledge, a little bit of assessment and reflection after mm. you've done something, you mm. know, like if you've gossiped, if you've had a big binge session with a friend afterwards to reflect a little bit on the conversation, yeah. you know, rather than get into a habit because people have, you know, they don't realize it. I think, you know, many no, respects, they don't realize the habits that they get into, you know. And I think as well with that, you know, try to be like the third sort of third person narrative. I think Jane Austen did it, you know, where you step away and you go, oh, interesting. In that conversation, somebody said this or somebody said that as if you're not the person. Mm-hmm. So you're actually looking objectively in the conversation. So there isn't that sense of massive buildup of guilt and you allow yourself to be objective. Mm-hmm. So if you are reflecting on something like, as you gave the example there of a massive gossip session, you go, oh, how might I do that differently? How might that person have come across? Um, and give yourself another name. And then, you know, then you you come to the conclusion of, well, the slippery slope was when this comment came up or that comment mm. or you felt hurt by this or hard done by that. So, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, look at yourself from the outside almost. Exactly. Mm. And give yourself permission just to get an objective take before you go into, that was terrible, that was awful, I never want to look at that again because that's frankly quite scary, you know. Mm. Um, and I think the, I think you bring on the, the, the very valid point, Catherine, in the sense that expect that you're going to backslide quite a bit on mm-hmm. these things because typically what happens is... Um, you know, if you know and accept something, of course, you're less likely to be discouraged. But um, if you're, you need to, you need to allow self awareness and self knowledge to grow first. You know, and that needs a healthy space of as if you're looking at somebody else and you're objectively as a friend saying, if you were a friend to yourself saying, listen, do you think I'm a bit gossipy? Sorry to use a gossip example all the time. But and your friends say, well, you you are. Then you're giving yourself the opportunity to really take strides in self-knowledge. And then the thing of, you know, kindness, self-kindness, self-acceptance, self-compassion. Um, because otherwise, if we get into the, oh, my God, that's awfulizing it, catastrophizing it, nothing will go. Okay, a bit like, you know, our Lord in the Gospels, like he didn't when people came and said, I'm sorry, because I did this and I did that and the other, you know, our Lord forgave them because they're quite great courage to face. The greatest courage is to actually accept your own reality. Mm -hmm. Um, I think as well, the thing of moderation is kind of is critical because um, when we when we start out on this path, you know, if you decide I'm going to organize my room or whatever it is and you're going to. I don't know, we decorated and everything. It all looks very exciting. And um, we're motivated, you know, um, and it's the summer and, you know, well, mm-hmm. it's beyond the summer now, of course, yeah, or well yeah, into autumn. Beginning, yeah. But, um, you know, well, but then they, they push things too hard, you know. It's a bit like, you know, we lose our enthusiasm. 
Um, and I think instead of thinking, I need to get 100% on this, look for 70. It's like your idea of the rollover habit mm-hmm. or connected to something enjoyable. I think it's important that um, we just kind of say, okay, one thing I could do. Or as you said, the yeah, reflecting pick, on my just day. Just pick one battle, really. Yeah, exactly. Or one thing, reflecting on your day, what could I have done a bit better there? And don't look for 100% because we're never going to be 100%. Sense of humor, I mentioned it, really, really important. Because if we take ourselves too seriously, we might as well forget it, basically. Um, because what happens is your your inner self, your your animal brain will sabotage you. <laughs> so I think nice it's one. important that um, taking a lighthearted approach, just having a laugh at yourself, don't take yourself too seriously. And that's a lovely person to be around, you know. Um, and we all struggle with it, to be honest, being playful. You know, oh, really, that's very interesting. Oh, that's terrible. Does that really happen? Oh, dear, we better not that, let that happen again. You know, like you would with the little toddler sometimes. Um, setting the little mini goals, I think we mentioned that, you know, that help you to kind of measure your progress. You know, I don't mean to measure your progress because we've already spoken out against that. But that you do get a sense of, well, something's improving. You know, um, and and that help you just to stay, you know, to stay alert, to stay positive. You know, um, it could be that thing of perspective. You know, sometimes, you know, you could be in a difficult work situation and you go from zero to a hundred very quickly, and um, and sometimes that's there. It's kind of oops, we're going from zero to a hundred there. So, um, how might we look at that differently? Or when you oh, say zero to hundred, you mean everybody yeah. goes like hell for leather and killing each other? No, I suppose sometimes you know little things can happen, like. I think we were talking before the podcast, or sometimes road rage when you're really dying, oh, you yeah. need to get somewhere. And that's so easy to happen. Then we're so shocked and horrified by ourselves. Yeah, I think we have a, con- well, I don't know. <laughs> we have a completely different personality in the car. Because yeah. there's a, you're anonymous in a sense, yes. you know, and all of a sudden, and I think it's more of an Irish spirit, um, you know, the old cursing comes in, oh, you know, yeah. that kind of way. And we're cursing the living daylights out of everybody. And then you're kind of on, on the outside, when you're outside the car, you're an absolute delight, yeah. you know. And then you go, God, that's a real dichotomy there, you know. Yeah. Double personality, here we go. But um, yeah, so to have a little bit of a, I don't know, to look at that with a little bit of sense of humor yes. and uh, and then just, yeah, just correct yourself when you yeah. kind of do it and say, no, come on. Yes. And I think as well, sometimes when you're under pressure, obviously, um, you know, parts of you comes out that don't come out in normal life. And and I, I'd, I'd avoid getting shocked by it in a sense. I'd incur, I suppose, just the thing of, okay, well, look, let's roll that back a little bit. And having the courage and the really other big sort mm-hmm. of, a, you might say, what I call it, highlight of this podcast is courage. It's courage to grow in self-knowledge. Because mm-hmm. that means accepting things about us that are flawed. And also asking. Yeah. I think it's helpful to ask those that are closest to you, yeah. you know, um, just different things without kind of like, you don't want to be lambasted with yeah. bad feedback, you know, but mm. I mean, I think the odd thing can help when you're kind of, you're kind of querying something about yourself and you're kind of yeah. going, do you think I'm a bit whatever is? And they go, yeah, well, sometimes whatever. And you ask them to break it down. It's helpful. Yeah. You know, anyway. And I think as well, just to say there, I suppose, is that, um, you know, asking others to give feedback or whatever, you're also creating a culture around you where it's, it's okay to say, to, to improve and the only way we improve is if we're transparent you know and I think that's it gives other people sort of permission to go well it's I don't need to be perfect and it's all about trying to make the effort mm-hmm. it's so lovely to be around people like that mm-hmm. you know who just are honest about what they I'm not saying we do a big kind of a group hug and we share or whatever but at the same time it's lovely when you see people kind of like oh, I'm not hectic on that now or whatever or, or whatever you know, whatever your 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 thing is, but it does because it gives you permission to go. We're not meant to be perfect, and all we do is, you know, make an effort. 
and mm-hmm. keep keep trying. Um, I think as well is that, you know, going back to that point of whether it's road rage or overextended or we're stressful or we're tired, it is good to um, have physical energy because we need to have physical energy to manage stress, to overcome, you know, the typical, I don't really want to go there, uh, our own resistance to change, which gets hard as we get older, and the follow through, which of course we may be very great at innovation, but our implementation mightn't be hectic. Um, and you know, and, and I suppose willpower is a bit like our, you know, like our, you might say our petrol tank, you know. So in that sense, it does get depleted when our energy runs low. So if we are in a situation, as I said, a mom with young children, if your energy levels are low, your willpower is going to be a bit lower. So you need to adjust your expectations there. You're not going to be showing up in the office, Miss Gorgeous, Miss Compassion, yeah, Miss going to the gym Energized. Four times a week thinking, yeah, yeah, you may show up looking a little bit less than Miss Gorgeous. Mm-hmm. You may be gentle and kind, but you mightn't be as productive as you'd like to be. So it's that giving yourself permission to actually show up as you are. Um, because acknowledging, accepting who we are is not the same as just bailing out and trying to improve. Improvement looks different at different stages of our life. Um, and as well, I think the most, the greatest courage is if you've had a day that really hasn't gone well and you haven't managed any of it. Yeah. And be able to go, you know what, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Because I'm only human. Yeah, because those are inevitable. I yeah. Think. They're, they're inevitable because, yeah, that, that sense of, and I think, you know, it's it's helpful to kind of look at your struggle or look at your, that sense of sporting spirit when you're thinking of that idea of the category of self-mastery. As an elastic band, you know, you can't have it too tight. Mm. Um, otherwise you'll snap. That sounds very dramatic. But um, so you need to let let it go every every once in a while, mm. you know, otherwise it'll kind of it'll go itself. Exactly. You know what I mean? You'll kind of drop everything. You'll kind of yeah. say, I'm done with this because it's too much. So you have to have the elastic band at a certain point that's that's doable, mm. you know. And I think um, as well, it's a bit like a parent. I don't mean an indulgent parent, but a loving parent. That's the sort of, you might say, space we want to be in. Mm-hmm. It's not a case of, come on, push it, push it, push it, you know, mm-hmm. elite athlete sport, I'm not saying, but you know the way sometimes our impression of that is, you know, push it, push it. It's more the loving parent. Mm-hmm. And the loving parent is kind of, come on, you can do that. You can, you can put your clothes on, you're four, you know, wipe your nose. You can wipe your body now. You know, there's different stages in life you can do certain things. Yeah. So it's the loving parent, but it's not the indulgent parent. And neither it is the kind of, over demanding parent. And I think mm-hmm. that's sometimes I think, yeah, it's it's getting that space right. Um, um being honest, I suppose, with ourselves and all of this, because sometimes we kind of think we're amazing and sometimes we think we're awful. And we rarely show up in the middle. So I think it's important yeah, to be able it's to true. Actually, we either go to extremes, I think, sometimes and it it's almost it's a bit of a cop out actually, the extreme. Oh, completely. Because it's kind of like, oh, I'm terrible, you know. And everybody will say, no, you're not. You know, yeah, okay, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whereas you've tried to pinpoint like more tiny things that you could improve on. It's 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 much more humbling. Yeah, you exactly. Know? And I think as well, having the little rituals, like little rituals are really helpful. Time you get up, what you do, little orders, little rituals, you know, whether you decide I'm going to pray because I need the spiritual energy to help me to love myself, you know, to engage with a loving father Mm -hmm. and help me to see myself through his eyes, which obviously is hugely inspiring and very energizing. Um, But also just little rituals of, you know, how I, you know, oh, I don't don't, don't prescribe. It's just having that sense of of those little rituals. Um, And also, having that sense of what the future self looks like. I think that's really, really important. Um, and just a little side note on that. Um, good biographies of saints are amazing. Yeah. If they're good. 
I mean, not this kind of like she was born with her hands, you know, joined. And she, you know, I know there are some saints like that, clearly, and I don't want to take away from any of their sanctity. But I don't personally find it very inspiring. That's just me. I think it's helpful if you get saints who had a character or who struggled. You get a sense of their struggles. Yeah. And you also get a sense of, you know, so... Anyway, just to say that, I think it's it's helpful when you realize they struggled, they failed, they struggled, they failed, and they got off. And that's why St. Peter is so cool. Like, St. Peter is amazing. I love St. Peter. Anyway, <laughs> because he's so obvious. Like, our Lord on one side, like literally between a wall, mm-hmm. like Pope Benedict tells us this in Jesus of Nazareth. On one side, Jesus is saying, I am the Son of God. And then the other side, Peter's saying, I don't know him. Having a couple of weeks or months earlier saying, are you the Christ, the Son of God? Like, it's extraordinary. And yet... That, that connection between Jesus and Peter, the way they looked at each other, as we know, mm-hmm. Peter went off and wept bitterly, the, 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 the tears of love. So I think why I'm saying that is because when we pray, we realize that's the relationship we're in. Mm-hmm. And also when we read books like that, we realize is that the future self, those saints had a really sense of relationship. And it's relationship which drives this. It's not outcomes. It's the fact that you might be a mother, a sister, whatever, a workmate, you know, a girlfriend, whatever it is. It's because you're loved for you mm-hmm. that, and they want love you to be better you, and they want the best for you. That's the space that we're trying to grow in. Um, there's one last thing actually just to comment on, because I, t- I haven't covered it at all, and maybe I should, is the whole thing of stuff. Stuff, because when people think of self-mastery they think I have too much stuff and I have too much clutter and I can't even think like spiritually or meaningfully because I have so many targets and things to get done and so much stuff in my wardrobe it's stuff that clutters our our brain okay Mm -hmm. Um, and I think as well is that um, we do have a magpie tendency that's just the way we're made we love stuff particularly women I think unless you're kind of very amazing but we do like stuff okay the nice perfume that pair of earrings fifty pair of shoes I'm not you know whatever um, and sometimes you know we think and then we look at other people who seem to have nothing and happy to live without anything we think I couldn't do that so basically self-mastery really isn't for me in the sense of over you know overcoming my need for so much stuff stuff is good you know because we're we're, we're, we're spiritual and we're also human you know so there is a human side to us beautiful things we like we like to look well there's nothing wrong with that and there's something beautiful about it because it's it's you might say the fullness of the human person the fullness of the female form i suppose the thing about it is of course is um the purpose of stuff you know if it you've mentioned it briefly at the outset there but if it becomes a form of escapism you know that i need to have you know, so much stuff because, it's, you know, I just have to get away from my workplace, just let me do a bit of retail therapy every day or whatever. Mm-hmm. Obviously, retail therapy is amazing and good sometimes, but sometimes if it becomes a pattern that means I'm not maybe just happy to be me and happy to be in my space or happy to face things or happy to accept, then it becomes more problematic. But um, if, and also if it's a space that, you know, if all the targets and objectives that I want to achieve, which is also a form of stuff, you know, in our, you know, the taking mm-hmm. space um, means that I have less time for people and less yeah. time for, you know, getting the dinner mm-hmm. or, you know, doing the washing or doing normal things. And we all struggle with this. We all yeah. struggle with this. I think it's, well, because we're bombarded with yeah. everything from, you know, your woman who has an amazing perfume to, you know, that car or whatever. Um, I think it is that that sense of, you know, where do you find your identity? Yeah. That's the biggest thing. You know, I, you know, if you're acquiring things, what are, what are you looking for in those mm. things? Even, even gossip, like even all those things, like self-mastery is very much about that identity, mm. you know, is 
it's it's understanding yourself with regards to your own identity and then looking for things that that connect with that identity and purpose in your life. And then everything else is in function of that. Mm. So, you know, your clothes, your, mm. I don't know, your drink, your whatever it is, mm. you know what I mean? Your comfort, everything is in function of a greater identity. Yeah. So, yeah. you know. Exactly. And I, I have to say an image, I don't know if it's helpful, but over the summer we were all struggling with suitcases, okay? Would you check it in or would you not? Could you go on holidays with a 10k bag that really was a 12k and you hope they didn't weigh it at the gate? Okay, so the point about it is we all struggle with zips and sitting on suitcases and trying to squeeze in, you know, yeah. the last pair of shoes. Why do I mention that? Because we all, you had to take stuff out to put stuff in. Mm-hmm. So going back, your idea, that idea of identity or your future self or your real self is about saying, what's in my suitcase? And if I want to be like this, I can't have it all. Mm-hmm. And some things become idols without us meaning them to become idols. Yeah, to, to travel know? light, basically. To travel light yeah, yeah. Um, and to have a sense of humor about it. Mm-hmm. Because we have to take stuff out and you have to go, okay, well, what do I need to take out there, let go of? Whether it's a gossip, I need to let go of that because I, I want relationships that are true and I can't be fearful of, you know, you know, not having affirmation because I'm in the know on the scoop. You know, I need mm-hmm. to look for affirmation in other ways or, mm-hmm. you know, a sense of meaningful relationships that are honest and true and et cetera. So I think that's that's helpful. We do just oppose the other thing about having stuff or um, it's not that because we like stuff that we somehow um, we're all looking for. I'm not want to say that we're all trying to escape and looking to be compensated because my life is tough. No, not necessarily. But I suppose um, it's sometimes a reminder we find ourselves, you know, maybe streaming, you know, on Netflix on a series, you know, at 2 a.m. in the morning, you're going, why am I doing this? Because maybe you don't have the rest and the relaxation that you should have. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's important. Now, sometimes you have to go, look, I'm not going to get it right now, maybe today or tomorrow, but we need to build it in because otherwise we're human. We need to rest. We need to recharge. We need to be human. We are not machines. Like Roger Schwartz has a really interesting book and he talks about pulsing, that we pulse, we give and then we rest. We give and we rest. There's different times of life when it's really, really busy, fine. But that can't be in a consistent way. Um, And the other thing just to say about, um, um, I think uh, this might be slightly off the point, but I remember reading C.S. Lewis years ago when I was, (laughs) you know, screw tape letters, okay? And I love that book. book. Mm -hmm. And also Mere Christianity, right? Mere Christianity, he talked about being an Irishman. He said, sometimes we talk about temperance or self-master, we tend to think of drink. Because of course, Irish people, you know, sorry now, but unfortunately we have that reputation to have a nice relationship or not so nice with alcohol. And he said, um, well, he kind of of gave it socks. He kind of put it back. He said, look, people forget you can be just as intemperate in other areas. So just because you don't like alcohol and maybe you're a teetotaler, it doesn't mean you're not intemperate. Um, he said, look, a man can be intemperate or lack self-mastery about his golf because his golf is be all in his end all mm-hmm. or about his motorbike. They can be at the center of his life or a woman about her, I don't know, her clothes or her thoughts or her bridge or her whatever uh, or her dog. And that's just as intemperate as somebody who gets drunk. Now, in fairness, they haven't lost their kind of ability <laughs> to think. But at the same, I think it's important. You know, sometimes we're 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 deceived by externals. You know, I look, I look. You know, or like he used the example in Screw Tape Letters of this woman who prided herself in her temperance, but she and she just had a cup of tea and cucumber sandwiches in the evening. But if her tea wasn't just the way she liked it, and her cucumber sandwiches just the way she liked it, 
Well, she wasn't happy. And that's, that's, inter- that's lack of self-mastery. Mm-hmm. Because I need things the way I want, not the way they show up. So, so just to, to go back yeah, to an example, yeah. if somebody feels they've quite a messy life because they're generous, okay? Yeah. And I think this is very important for, some people seem to have a very intemperate life because they have relationships all over the place. You know, I mean, friendships and everything, okay? Um, maybe they're very temperate and they have loads of self-mastery. Yeah, it's, it's to do with order, really, yeah. as in order of heart. preference, yes, heart. order of heart. So, you know, others, God, others and yourself, yeah. you know, and to have that balance yeah. And to know that, you know, self-mastery and temperance has to do with making sure that there's no obstacle in the way to those things. You know, there's yeah. no obstacle in the way to, you know, the people around me are to God. So even that whole mm. idea of, you know, your wardrobe, you know, you could be super temperate in your wardrobe to the point, though, of it being a vice. Yeah. Because then you, you know, you have like a shirt that you've worn for five years and it's it's all whatever. And it it, it becomes an obstacle in your relationship to others. Yeah. You know, because you look, you know, not great, you know. Mm. So it's it's all the time looking at self-mastery as that that way of relationship, really, mm. with, with the world, with the others and with God. Mm. And yeah, having that self-knowledge, I think, is hugely important because it is true. You can kind of latch on to a kind of a self-mastery box. Mm. If you're very orderly, for example, and you think, oh, I'm so orderly, you know, I'm so whatever. And therefore, I'm, I have huge self-mastery. Yeah, but that can be, you can be terribly intemperate in other mm. ways, as you were saying, you know. Mm. Um, and I just add on to that, I suppose, it's always having that slight little, what's your stretch point, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, what's are you happy point? to be in, in mild discomfort for yeah. different things? Yeah. yeah. And if you start to go, oh, I don't want this, then, you know, mm, yeah. maybe, you know. Exactly. So there needs to be a stretch point. And going back to the original comment at the outset, we said the difference between self-mastery in the truest human sense of the word, in celebrating all that's human and beautiful. Um, and you might say sort of outcome-focused certainty, you know, acing it and everything, is precisely that point. Mm-hmm. There is always a stretch point. You're never there yet mm-hmm. because we're on a journey. So if you're finding there are things you go, I'm not there yet, you're journeying. That's good because you know. Mm-hmm. The danger is if you feel you're there and you think, no, no, I have it all sussed. Yeah, well, get ready because you're in safety space and safety is not a space of growth. And it's a space of, you know, just, and maybe just a lack of, you know, anyway, I won't. I think just finally, because I know I need to finish it, but um, we're all called to practice um, self-mastery. And I think um, there's no social class of any virtue. Um, Everybody needs to do it according to their own circumstances, you know. Um, And in that sense, I suppose, um, too little of something is not enough, too much of something. It's always the middle. Isn't it? Mm. And that's, um, and not to be surprised in the middle of all this, there are things like um, gratitude is an outcome, mm-hmm. you know, because um, you might say self mastery is in this context, that we've described it, is magnanimous. There's an openness there. You know, I think I've commented on before, and I don't want to get boring on this, but I absolutely love Charles Taylor, the philosopher, who the Canadian philosopher talks about the poorest self and the buffered self. And the poorest self is what the, the self who really embraces self-mastery is a journey because you're open to change, you're open to disruption. You lose your cool, but you pick yourself up again and you say sorry. You move on, you have a sense of humor. It's a bit messy. It didn't work out, but there was learning. That's porous. And there's coming and going. Um, I borrowed somebody's makeup today. Sorry, that's really naughty. I borrowed somebody's makeup today because I know that person 
you know, she's no problem with the bar. She's, she won't get annoyed. <laughs> this is a diversion. This is a total <laughs> diversion. But that's somebody for me who's kind of in a, a sort of a, she's somebody I would consider quite orderly, actually. But I just know that we no problem about that. I know that sounds funny because that's the way her self-mastery makes me feel. Does that make sense? That's beautiful, Maura. Yeah. yeah. Um, what was the other thing of the, the, you were saying porous and the absence? Oh, sorry, thank you yeah. for a comeback from that. The porous self and then there's the buffered self. And the buffered self is like, don't come too close. In other words, a person who has everything organized. So as you, you were very nicely described at the beginning, was everything, you know, my work, my relationships, my meaning. I'm not saying that we're not content and we're not, we have an interior peace. I'm saying that is, we need to have a certain element of interior peace. But if we're buffered, it means that in the sense that nothing can come in that will discomfort us. Mm. We're not good at dealing with yeah, anything that derails us. Anything that yeah. derails us. So for example, vulnerability is a no-no. I don't like being out of my control or my comfort zone. I don't like feeling a lack of self-control. I don't like, okay, you know, we not like these things, but if you put a wall up against them, we say, I don't allow them. That's mm. a different thing. Mm-hmm. You know, self, we all don't, most of us don't like these things, but we don't put a wall up. We go, okay, I better get over it and maybe step into it, get my toe wet. So, so does that, I think that's, yeah, yeah, so I think, I think those things are really important, but I think when you think of your future self, just to finish, I think it's beautiful to think of that this is a very big hearted space to be in. So it's gratitude versus envy. It's meekness versus anger. You know, because what you try to do is when somebody comes in and upsets you, they need something or they steal your stuff or you have to help them with something and your work is thrown out the window. You're challenging, but you make an effort to be calm. You make an effort to be respectful. You make an effort to be listening because maybe you've identified that in your self-knowledge. I'm not really good at dealing with interruptions whatever. Um, or maybe you interrupt people too much and it doesn't really help people. So maybe you have to hold and go, right, would it be better if I sent an email? You know, that self-mastery to go, maybe it works for you, but it doesn't work for five people you work with. So mm-hmm. whatever. Or so it's the ability to, I suppose, exert that sort of sense of self-awareness and willpower um, against our impulses. So we can st- steer ourselves towards a future of our own choosing. And it's a future that God knows best because he loves us most. Um, and and getting out of our own way sometimes, you know, because sometimes, as I said, we aren't our best friend and we can be our worst enemy. So it is um, stripping away, but at the same time realizing we want to be in that space of growth. And I realize I misquoted Leonardo da Vinci. So I'm actually I'm sure going to, well, he's loads of things, but um, he did say one can have no smaller or greater mastery than mastery of oneself. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, when you think of maybe you're not doing a whole pile on the world stage, but if you're trying for the people around you to have a little bit of self-mastery and this, this, that and the other, well, guess what? Leonardo da Vinci says there is no smaller or greater mastery and he was a great master. That's cool, more. Thank you very much. Um, so that's the end of our podcast. If you have any suggestions with regards any other topics that we can, you know, discuss or whatever like that, um, feel free to drop us a text or an email or whatever. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye.